0: Today is Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day. We're so glad that you're here with us this morning. But unfortunately, not everyone in this room is celebrating today. Today, you might be mourning instead of celebrating. You may be grieving a mother who has passed. You may be struggling to become a mother. Or perhaps you have a very complicated relationship with your mother. I want us to hold some space for that tension today, but I also want to celebrate that not all the people who mother us in this life happen to be our biological mothers. Often, God puts beautiful people into our life who love and care for us like a mother, and that love always points us back to God. So for today, as I'm talking about mothers and mothering, and I'm doing it a lot, in the first service, I told some of the kids to keep a tally, so you're welcome to do the same of how many times we both say mother. It's a lot. But as I'm doing that, I invite you to think of all of the people that God has put into your life who have mothered you well. We love you. And we know that today can be both beautiful and brutal. As author Glennon Doyle says, life is brutal." You know what else is beautiful? I have spent this past week taking care of my daughter, Magnolia. She spiked a fever and started complaining on Tuesday night. And so this whole week, as I've spent preparing for this message, it has been at home with a whiny, albeit very adorable, seven-year-old who was within 10 feet of me at all times. One afternoon when I realized I'm not gonna get anything done, I made her lay down with me. And after insisting that she was not tired at all, she fell asleep within about three minutes directly on my chest. Now if you have ever held a sleeping baby on your chest in a quiet house, then you know that that is holy ground. Time stops even if just for a moment, and the perspective that you so desperately wished you could carry with you at all times is crystal clear. I had to wipe tears from my eyes as I watched her breath rise and fall. I felt her hair get wet and sticky against my cheek as her fever broke. As long as I live, I pray I never forget moments like that. And how amazing it is to think that the God of the universe loves us the same way I love my little girl. It feels impossible, but I know it's true that God loves us even more than that. Dr. Will Gaffney is an Episcopal priest, biblical scholar, professor at Bright Divinity School in Fort Worth, and she's dedicated her entire career to studying and elevating translations of scripture. She's done some really fascinating research on biblical translation, and the inspiration for this message today comes from how she translates the Hebrew word, rachum. The root for that word means womb. Usually, rachum is translated as compassion or mercy. It's used almost 100 times in the Bible, and 80% of the time it's used to describe the character or the heart and love of God. Dr. Gaffney translates this word to be mother love. So Exodus 34, six through seven, when God is first introduced at the burning bush, those verses become Yahweh, Yahweh, mother loving and gracious, slow to anger, overflowing with loyalty and faithfulness. 1 Kings 326 becomes Then the woman whose child was the living one spoke to King Solomon for she was overcome with mother love for her son and said My lord give her the living child by no means kill him Isaiah 59:15 becomes Can a woman forget her nursing child and have no mother love for the son born of her womb Even though she may forget, I will not forget you. Behold, I have inscribed you on the palms of my hands. I could go on, but, you know, we'd be here for 96 more verses. (laughs) And you might ask, why does that matter? It's such a tiny little blip in all the words of Scripture. But it matters to me. It matters because I understand to a depth of my soul that I cannot fully put into words what mother love really looks like. I have had great compassion for people. I have shown mercy, but the mother love that I have for my children and for the amazing people in this world that God has put in my life, that is larger than anything I've ever felt before. That tiny little change in translation opens up the scriptures in a whole new way to me. It expands my understanding on the love of God. There are many places in scripture that use mothering and female imagery to describe the divine nature of God. Let's start at the beginning. Genesis, God creates all creatures in God's image, male and female. We are all created in the imago Dei, the image of God. In Exodus 3, burning bush, God is called Yahweh. And the first part of God's name in Hebrew, Yah, is feminine. And the last part, way, is masculine. In Deuteronomy 32, God is the father who creates and the one who gives birth. God is a mother eagle circling her nest. In Job 38, God is the one whose womb birthed the seas and the frost and the ice. Isaiah, forget about it, full of female imagery. In Isaiah, God carries us as though in a womb. God cries out in groans of labor. God is a mother comforting a child. God's love is compared to a mother nursing her child. In our Old Testament reading from Hosea today, God is like a mother teaching a toddler to walk, healing them, lifting them to God's cheek, feeding them. John tells us that everyone who loves is born of God. In Luke, God is like the woman who's lost her her coin and relentlessly searches and then rejoices when it's found. Jesus is a hen who longs to safely protect her chicks. This beautiful female imagery and language in the Bible just expands our understanding of who God is. Paul says in Romans chapter 1 that ever since the creation of this world, God's invisible qualities, eternal power, and divine nature have been understood and seen through the things that God has made. Scripture opens up when we better understand the things that God has made. Jesus' wish to gather Jerusalem like a hen who gathers her chicks is a beautiful image on its own, but... It's one that becomes even more powerful when we understand the things that God has made. I could think of many animals that Jesus could have used that would communicate this point, but he chose a mother hen. Baby chicks are very vulnerable to predators, but I'm sure it will be no surprise to you, so are chickens. At the very first sign of a predator though, A mother instinctively calls for her chicks to gather to her side behind her wings, and she places herself directly in the path of the predator. A mother hen does not flee from a predator. She stands her ground, she unfurls her feathers, she stands in an attack stance, and she shoves her chicks behind her wings. A mother hen will often give her life for her chicks, just like Jesus did. Jesus, in all of his wisdom, he picked this vulnerable but courageous mother hen because he loves us like that. Both of our readings from today are addressing people who have acted like rebellious teenagers. They've turned away from God's love, they've forgotten, maybe they've found something they think is better. In Hosea, God laments this rebellion. But he wants to remind Israel how much they've been loved and nurtured since their birth. In Luke, Jesus wishes to gather Jerusalem under his wing. And that's not just mother love. That's also forgiveness and grace. Our faith is built on the recognition of that beautiful love. We are called to be a community that is transformed by that grace and that love of God. That love is not meant to stay hidden here in this room. It's meant to transform us from the inside out and then transcend out of these doors, down the street, around the corner, to the people who desperately need it. You might be wondering why I chose the image that's on the front of your bulletins this morning. Group of majestic elephants. Well, I mean, elephants are my mother's favorite animal. So, happy Mother's Day, mom. (laughs) But did you know that elephants are some of the best mothers on earth? Forget tiger moms. I wanna be an elephant mom. (laughs) Elephants are fascinating creatures. They've got a lot to teach us about those invisible qualities that are made visible through God's creation. They also have a lot to teach us about what a community that is built and sustained by love looks like. Female elephants spend a lifetime, 70 to 80 years, traveling in matriarchal herds. Male elephants leave these herds as teenagers, typical. (laughs) But they still come back periodically to reconnect with their moms, probably to wish them a happy Mother's Day. (laughs) Elephants are very affectionate, they kiss and they hug and they cuddle one another, they play together. Elephants grieve and their grief stays with them. Many elephants will return to where their loved ones passed away years later to mourn them. Elephants are also protective and they work as a herd to watch over and to defend one another. But. Perhaps one of the most beautiful expressions of an elephant's nature is expressed during birth. Jen Hatmaker is a Christian author and speaker, and she describes it more beautifully than I could. In the wild, when a mama elephant is giving birth, all the other female elephants in the herd back around her in formation, like you see on your bulletin, they close the ranks so that the delivering mama cannot be seen in the middle. They stomp and they kick up dirt and soil to throw attackers off the scent. They surround the mama and incoming baby in protection, sending a clear signal to predators that if they wanna attack their friend when she's vulnerable, they're gonna to have to get through 40 tons of female aggression first. <laughs> and when that baby elephant is delivered, the sister elephants do two things. First, they kick up sand and dirt over the newborn to protect its fragile skin from the sun. As most mothers know, SPF is very important. (laughs) But then they all start trumpeting. A giant celebration of new life, of sisterhood, of something beautiful being born in a harsh, wild world despite enemies and attackers and odds. Elephant calves are then supported in that community, that beautiful community that is built and sustained by protective and very powerful mother love. No matter if the females in that herd have ever had a baby, they still surround all of the young and one another with their support. That love, it defines their lives. It directs their travels. It creates their culture and it follows them their entire life. So today, in honor of these beautiful elephants, I hope we kick up the dust and trumpet loudly to celebrate the mother love that we have here in our community. I pray that we show up for one another, support one another. May we mother love one another so well out of the gratitude and thanks that we have a God who loves us even more than the very best mothers in our midst, and I'm looking at a lot of them. Mother love is more than compassion. It's more than mercy. It's a love that is unconditional and vast, unable to be earned or comprehended. Mother love is the love of a savior who humbled himself to this earth, who gave his life, who longs to gather every person in the protective and expansive grasp of his love. It's that mother love, that incomprehensible love of God that follows and forms us. May we look for and celebrate it everywhere we see and feel it today. And may that love transform our hearts, May we go forth and love as we have been loved. Amen.